know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, podcast land? This is Joseph Jam and Joe of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. On tonight's episode, we've got a really, really special show for you guys tonight. We have a first-time guest that we'll be connecting with via the Fan for All Seasons fan line to start out this week's podcast, and it's a very special guest, so we'll get to that momentarily. But first, time to get a word from our spot. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original oak smoked barbecue canner. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And we'll be connecting with our guest of the week, here in one second. And Fan for All Season fans, we're back. We're going to connect via the Fan for All Seasons fan line with a first-time guest of the show, someone who's very near and dear to my heart, but also roots for Georgia's opponent this week, and that is the University of Tennessee. And it's time for me to bring on arguably the biggest Tennessee fan that I know. She is one, the only, she is my mom. Mom, how's it going? Hey, Joe. Thanks, you're going great. Well, Mom, I appreciate you coming on the show with us tonight, talking a little Tennessee football. And so the first topic I want to get into to you, or I'd like to talk to you about mom, and is I want to know how your Tennessee fandom grew from the start and just kind of how it's evolved over the years. My fandom actually goes back to my dad, your papa. As a young boy, he was growing up in southwest Virginia, and he listened along with his brother to Tennessee football on the radio in the 40s and the 50s, and he passed his love for Tennessee football on to me. My dad also has his PhD from the University of Tennessee. And as a young girl, I lived 30 miles south of Nayland Stadium and was always in awe of the beauty of the stadium. The fact that it was right by the river, the Ball Navy, it's a lovely place. And I've always been a Tennessee fan. Absolutely. Well, well, that was a really nice sentiment. And as far as your fandom came to be. So when you think about like Tennessee greats of the past, who, who have always been near and dear to your heart, Mom? Who are some of those ex-Vols that, that you look back on with fond memories or even current Vols on this year's team that you look back on and you're like, I can't wait to watch that guy? I have always had a passion for the offensive side of football. To me, those are the, they are, they're the playmakers. They're the fun guys to watch. I, um, of course, have always been a fan of Peyton Manning. <clears throat> and I actually have a bobblehead of Peyton Manning that I see every morning on my dresser when I wake up. After Peyton left, we had a one-time, one-year football player named T. Martin, and who took my team to the national championship in 1998. So T. Martin has always been another favorite player of mine. Back in 2016, uh, football legend, now quarterback, back up for the Steelers, Josh Dodds, stole my heart. And currently, I am crazy about H.H. number five, Hinden Hooker, our current quarterback. So, my passion lies with playmakers and particularly quarterbacks. Well, I want to get your thoughts on Hinden Hooker. And, Mom, we're talking about a guy who transferred to Tennessee from Virginia Tech. And when you you watch Hooker in, in Josh Heupel's up-tempo offense. I know this kind of offense is definitely very different than what Tennessee fans are accustomed to. What? 
And so what are your thoughts on not only Hendon Hooker, but also Coach Heupel's new new style of offense with Tennessee? What what are your thoughts with watching it so far in year one? I, I think it's very exciting. It's very different than what I'm used to seeing, not only on the ball, but watching other football teams as a child and as an adult. Um, but it's exciting. I like the constant, um, constant offense that's going on. I am I've always been a fan of big, long bombs down the field, as I call them. And Hendon Hooker seems to enjoy throwing the ball a long distance down the field. It's not real good on my voice because I tend to scream when I see these long passes down the field. But certainly exciting football. Definitely. Well, Mom, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time with me and talking a little Tennessee football as they get ready to play the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs in Naylon Stadium on Saturday at 3.30. Mom, I'm sure you and I will be texting back and forth and also mom I really appreciate you coming on the show this week talking a little Tennessee football with me I know we have a nice little rivalry with the Georgia Tennessee game not only in football but in all sports I know we have fun with it through the years and like I said mom I really appreciate your support of the podcast and I'm glad I was able to get you on this week I'm wanting to thank you for the opportunity of not only coming on the podcast to support my ball but for the opportunity to support support your podcast. I have some of your merchandise. I have your magnet and I'm very, very proud of you and what you're doing with your podcast. Oh, well, thank you, mom. I appreciate that. Well, there she is, folks. The, the woman, the myth, the legend, my mother. And thanks, mom. You're welcome, Joe. Go ball and yay, Rocky Pop. All right. And so that was a really good interview we did with my mom talking all things Tennessee football. And so now we're going to jump back into some more sports conversation this week. I'm going to take things from the Georgia perspective. We're going to talk some Georgia football. We're going to get into some Atlanta Falcons. We're going to talk some University of Georgia Bulldog basketball. And we're also going to wrap up the show with some Atlanta Hawks basketball as well. So we're going to be talking a lot of football and a lot of basketball tonight. But before we get into more sports conversation, guys, I just want to say I'm still basking in the glow of the Braves winning the World Series. It was a week ago Tuesday that the Braves brought the championship home to Atlanta. I still can't believe that the Braves have done it. It's been it's been such a fun ride and I just got an email today that my World Series gear shipped. So I'm really excited about getting my World Series gear here pretty soon. I think that's going to be the moment when I first try on that World Series cap and I see that World Series shirt I think that's when it's really going to hit me like my jaw is going to drop and be like whoa hey like that's so cool you know what I mean? So anyway, I'm still basking in the glow of the Braves bringing home the World Series. So now we're going to jump things over to the Georgia football side of things from the Georgia perspective. And so the number one ranked dogs, as we talked about with my mom, are headed to Rocky Top. So my thoughts on where Georgia is at this point, the defense continues to amaze. We're starting to get wide receivers healthy. You get Arian Smith back last Saturday. Here's Jackson starting to come into his own and be and be that go-to guy out wide for the dogs. Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint is doing a good job at the X receiver spot. Then you've got freshman A.D. Mitchell and um, also sophomore Jermaine Burton is starting to come back healthy too, along with Vlad McConkey. So George is starting to get some pass catchers healthy. This is big for whichever quarterback plays. Bennett or Daniels, you're starting to get your key guys healthy at the right time at this point in the season. But I want to talk about the tight ends here for a second. Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington, in my eyes, guys, I look at these two as the best pass catchers Georgia has, simply just based off matchups alone. And I want 
want to get into what each one of them did last week against Missouri for a second. So you got Bowers, who had two catches for 39 yards. And then Darnell Washington. I think it was in the second quarter where Washington caught one ball for 11 yards. In my opinion, you you got to get these two involved more in the game plan offensively. You have to find a way to get Darnell Washington involved. The guy is 6'8". Like, there is no one that can guard him. You have got to target him at least three or four times a game. I mean, just strictly based off of matchup alone. And then you got Bowers with his home run ability, with his speed, and his great hands as well. So if so, if I was Munkin, I would target each one of these guys four or five times a game. I, I just think that the two best receivers you have, and, and, why, and why not go to these two guys? When you see what they've been able to do all year, pretty much single-handedly carrying Georgia in terms of pass catchers this year, you know, while while these group of receivers, you know, whether they be young or whether they come back from injury, like I talked about, I'm, I just think Georgia's trying to incorporate all these guys in, and hopefully we'll get to see this Georgia offense keep clicking like it's like it's been clicking, and hope we hope we get to see more explosiveness downfield for the dogs in terms of the passing game. So, so my last point on. The Georgia Tennessee game. So running the ball was essential, and that's what Georgia does. They tailback you. Like when you think about guys like Kenny McIntosh, guys like Samir White, and guys like James Kirk, I think these three are going to have to be really big. The dogs on Saturday, the offensive line is going to have to be on their P's and Q's because they're going into a really, really tough, really tough environment in Knoxville. You know, the weather is going to be a high of 46 degrees. So Georgia's going to have to be on their game as far as being able to drown out the crowd noise and be able to battle the elements. Although if you're a football player in this kind of in this kind of weather especially if you're like a running back or an offensive lineman I think you got to like playing in this kind of weather you know th- this is the typical old school football weather we'll, we'll see you know big tough physical running from Georgia so hopefully the dogs are able to ride that momentum on offense and be able to limit Tennessee when Tennessee's got the ball on offense uh I know the I know the thing everybody's worried about is Tennessee's tempo and I think the tempo is definitely something to keep an eye on but I think at the end of the day I think Georgia's got too much firepower well they'll be able to suffocate Tennessee later on in the game I think Tennessee may be able to move the ball a little bit on the dogs but I still think Georgia's got too much talent on defense for things to get too out of hand and and yeah so that's kind of where I stand on the whole Georgia Tennessee game it's gonna be fun it's still weird that we're going to Knoxville in November I can't wrap my head around that um I'm so used to going up there in October you know with the dogs so it'll definitely be colder up there hopefully Georgia is ready to play on Saturday and uh, we'll see Georgia continue their winning ways so keeping what the football theme tonight we're going to jump over to the atlanta falcons and guys the falcons are at 500 right now they're four and four they got a huge win rallying past the arch rival Aints, winning 27 and 25 a big congratulations to matthew thomas ryan and nfc offensive player of the week ryan's statistics from the Saint game if you needed a little bit of uh, bring a little memory to your memory so ryan statistically statistically was 23 of 30 for 300 and for 343 yards and two touchdown passes so matt ryan was really locked in and like i've said in the past the thing that the falcons have right now is they have a franchise guy and matt ryan and a big time quarterbacks what they do for teams is they give you a chance to play meaningful football in november and december which is a falcon fan you know, we haven't really gotten a chance to do really since 2017. So hopefully, so hopefully the Falcons keep building off this momentum. And if you look back at Matt Ryan for his career, he's never had a great defense or a great running game. He's had splashes of moments. Like 2016, running game-wise, he had Coleman and Freeman, and that was a pretty nice two-headed monster. Along with Kyle Shanahan, along with Kyle Shanahan. And then in 2017, 
2008, you had Michael Turner, who was a great running back for the Falcons as well. The NFL, like I said, it's all about the quarterbacks. And if you got a franchise guy, that's a huge leg up. And the Falcons have one in Matt Ryan. So I was doing a little statistical work. And so Matt Ryan, for his career, has 33 fourth quarter comeback wins, has 33 fourth quarter comebacks, and 41 game-winning drives in his career. That made, that puts Matt Ryan sixth all-time in that category, surpassing John Elway. He's right up there with Dan Marino and a lot of the greats in the NFL. So I'm really happy where Matt Ryan is right now, where the kind of football he's starting to play. He, he's really showing that he's still got some, that he's still a really solid quarterback, that he can win you games, that he can win you moments. And as a fan, and as a diehard fan of one Matt Ryan, that, that's all we can ask for. So flipping things over to the pass rush side of things, the Falcons are finding an unlikely source of pass rush from two guys in, in particular. And one, Anthony Rush, the former UAB Blazer, has been a huge boost for Atlanta and has done and did a really good job in the game against the Aints last Sunday. And then James Vodders, the former Stanford Cardinal, did well against the Aints as well on, on the defensive line for Atlanta. And both these guys are practice squad guys who came up and provided a real boost this past week in practice. And so Arthur Smith was like, let's see what we got with these two. And so now they're making moments and making memories for the Falcons up front on the defensive line. So when you think about the game this week for the Falcons, you think about they're traveling to Dallas and they're taking on former head coach Dan Quinn, who is now the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. This should be a really interesting matchup. You get the ultimate chess match, matching of wits with the former Atlanta Falcons head coach and Dan Quinn and the current Atlanta Falcons head coach and play caller Arthur Smith. They're essentially going to be playing chess at AT&T Stadium Sunday afternoon. It's going to be interesting to see in a battle of wits and in a battle of schematics who ultimately wins out, whether it be Arthur Smith or Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn knows Matt Ryan really well. Matt Ryan knows Dan Quinn and his tendencies and his defense. The Cowboys also have a lot of other former Atlanta Falcons and Demonte KZ and Keanu Neal, who has now moved from safety to linebacker. So that's another interesting thing for the Falcons to be looking at as we get ready for the Falcons and Cowboys coming up on Sunday at Dallas. The Falcons right now are a nine-point underdog. I, I put this game really, I'm not really one to handicap games, but if I had to, I would say Dallas. I would say Dallas and Atlanta that it could be a close game. I look, I'm not really going to give a prediction on the game. I look for the Falcons to go down there and play well and then just give us a chance to go down there and get a win against the very talented Cowboys team, quarterbacked by Dak Prescott. But the real matchup for me is going to be Arthur Smith versus Dan Quinn in a battle of wits, the Falcon offense against the Cowboy defense. Because we all know at the end of the day what the Falcon defense is. Falcon defense is they're what they are is bend, don't break at best. There isn't a lot of depth there. The starting 11 is really good, but the depth following those guys is what I'm a little worried about. So, hope, so the Falcon offense is going to be up. It's going to have to be on their P's and Q's and be ready to rock and roll on Sunday at Dallas. So jumping in the future a little bit, the Falcons come home and play the New England Patriots on a short week next Thursday night. We'll have our latest podcast before the New England Patriot game. I'm working on trying to get a guest for next week's show, talking a little Atlanta Falcons football. So we'll get into more Falcons next week. We're going to jump over to the basketball part of the show, and we're going to tip things off with some Georgia Bulldog basketball. The Dogs opened up their season on Tuesday with a with a close win, 58-51 against FIU. In my opinion, the turnover's got to be cut down in half. They had a max of 15 on Tuesday, which is no bueno. I get it was the first game of the season, so hopefully Georgia gets better 
and kind of va and values the ball and takes care of the ball and the dogs essentially have a new roster basically other than jackson etter who a lot of you will remember was the walk-on last year who provided georgia some good minutes he had nine points off the bench for the dogs the guy that i'm really excited about is aaron cook and the little georgia basketball that i've talked about on the show i've highlighted this guy so aaron cook is a super senior he's a gonzaga transfer so on tuesday he had 10 points three steals and eight assists cook to me looks like a real floor general and i think Georgia is gonna I think Georgia is gonna be in good hands with Aaron Cook and I'm excited about this kid he, he's a big point guard so I look for Georgia to continue to get better with Aaron Cook at the controls for the dog a couple other guys I want to highlight for Georgia big man super senior Braylon Braylon Bridges had nine points the senior big man also chipped in with eight rebounds as well he he's a big guy guys he's 6'11 he's got good size he's got good touch around the basket and he's a big body that Georgia desperately needs down low and I'm excited just to see how these two seniors cook and Braylon bridges are able to play together as the year goes on and i look for georgia to continue to get better and another another new bulldog that i want to talk about is Cario kendo so kendo had nine points and as well as four rebounds akindo is like a 6-4 wing player he's real springy he's real athletic he's a real athletic freak and he's also a guy who i saw a little bit on tuesday get some deflections and he also had a really sweet reverse layup to kind of put the game on ice for the bulldog on tuesday night i think akindo's a guy that a lot of Georgia fans are going to really like a lot as the year goes on and I'm excited to watch these guys play more. Georgia's next game will be on Saturday at Cincinnati and uh and so that's where the dogs stand on the hardwood. The Georgia women's basketball team will be opening the, up their season on Thursday night at seven o'clock against the Gardner-Webb running Lady Bulldogs on Thursday night. So I'm excited about where Georgia women's basketball is under coach Joni Taylor. Georgia's got some talented players coming back like Q Morrison and Jenna Stady and I think Joni Taylor's got a really solid team and I look for this Georgia women's team to make it a fun winter of basketball along with the men and Tom Creek. So now we're going to jump over to some Atlanta Hawks basketball and the Hawks find themselves at the final leg of a brutal West Coast, brutal West Coast coach. Let me start that over. The Hawks find themselves in the last leg of a brutal West Coast swing and it all wraps up Friday night at Denver and Tuesday night the Hawks lost a tough one to Utah. Utah's a really good team. You know, they have Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And then Monday, the Hawks got scorched by Steph Curry with 50 points. Curry's a fabulous shooter he's he's so good and so the hawks find themselves in a in a brutal way right now you know they've lost five in a row bogey bogdanovich neandre hunter didn't play in the game against utah on tuesday so i personally would start cam reddish at the three spot i think cam gives you more defensively and offensively as opposed to as opposed to solomon hill i don't think hill gives you much offensively and i just look like it just looks like solomon hill may have lost a step or two defensively as well i know it's still early in the season i'm trying not to panic just yet but it comes down to defense the hawks have got to stop the ball and they've got to stop looking to get calls from referees and stuff instead just put their heads down and play i know trey young had the quote of being like the regular season's boring trey's got to put that aside and be and be the leader and be the and be the go-to guy on this team for the hawks i think the hawks can dig themselves out uh, hopefully it comes out all positive from the denver game because following the game against the nuggets the hawks are in the middle the options that 
that the Hawks start in a crucial five-game homestand with the world champion Bucks on Sunday night. The Sunday night game, guys, it's going to be interesting to watch that game. I'll be watching that game Sunday night and checking out Giannis and seeing how seeing how the Bucks and Hawks match up. Then you've got the Magic on Monday, and then you've got the Celtics on Wednesday, and then the following Monday, you've got the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's an interesting stretch with a couple talented teams in the Bucks, Celtics, and Thunder. The Magic are not a very good team, but it's still an NBA team. The Hawks have got to give it their all. And so hopefully the Hawks can get past this rough little five-game stretch, get back to fundamentals on defense, stop the ball, and, and get and hopefully get Bogey and DeAndre Hunter back healthy sooner rather than later. But in that absence, like I said, I want to see more Cam Reddish. I think Cam Reddish is the next factor on this team. Kevin Herter's done, done some good things as well, shooting the ball for the Hawks. So the Hawks have just got to start playing good basketball and start and start smelling um, some success. And hopefully that gets started with a win at Denver on Friday night and some home cooking for your Atlanta Hawks. So this was a really fun episode this week. We got to talk to my mom about some Tennessee football and we got to talk some more sports with you guys as well with some Bulldog basketball, both men's and women's and some Atlanta Hawks and some Atlanta Falcons as well. So, but before we get out of here this week, guys, I want to tell you all about FanFrostSeasons.com. That's our website. You can go, you can check out our merchandise store. We've got our hoodies and sweatshirts. You'll need these now as the weather shifts from the fall or not as it shifts from the summer more to the fall and winter months. So bundle up, get that cold weather fan for all seasons gear. Rock it, rep it, and RG3 and I really appreciate it. If you guys would do that, so you go to our merchandise store and check out our merch. You can also check out our website and listen to past episodes as well. And you can go to fanforallseasons.com and read our bio about how the podcast came to be as well. So, for the, so but before we get out of here, I got one last thing. And it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue. Authentic original smoke barbecue catering. You can learn more. GeorgiaSmoke.com. So for myself, Jim and Joe, I want to thank my mom again for coming on the pod. Uh, this has been a really fun, exciting installment of the Fan Fall Seasons podcast, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya!